Hello and welcome to another installment of One for the Road. Today we are with our Director of Community Outreach, Deborah Potter. She's going to share with us her heart behind community outreach and the things she has learned while she has been on staff with us. So sit back and enjoy the discussion. Well, we're in the studio today with Deborah Potter and so glad you're with us. We've known you for a long time. You, you somehow don't appear to age at all. She's kind of like the picture of Dorian Gray. She always looks younger every time I see her. So seriously, you've been around for years here and we've been around. How long have you been here at Perimeter? Uh, 12 years on staff. Wow. Yeah, and came wow. about a year before that as a member. Wow, that's amazing. So uh, we just thought we'd invite her into studio today just to talk about what she does. And before we kind of started the tape rolling, is it really a tape? It's not really a tape it's anymore. Tape. So I'm kind of I'm dating myself. You're dating aren't yourself I? a little bit. It's uh, a Microphone, digital, digital something, sound. whatever yeah, thing this is. Uh, we were talking about what she does, and, and she was saying it's kind of hard to put it in one sentence or two sentences because it's kind of a diverse thing, but it's a big thing for Perimeter Church, what we do. And can, can you maybe kind of go back to the beginning and share a bit about how did the whole community outreach thing get going? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe current events, those type of things. Sure. Let's start at the beginning. Sure. It's a good place to start is Julie Andrews. Would say. Yeah. So at the 25th anniversary of Perimeter Church, um, the leadership decided Randy had, had cast the vision for community outreach, reaching out beyond our walls, becoming a church of influence. And so at Y25, the 25th anniversary of Perimeter, community outreach was birthed. So there was a group of officers who went out into the community who did some research to find out what, what does the community need? Why, why would we have a community outreach? And as they did the research, they found nonprofits working in our local community within a 12-mile radius of the church. Um, they found out some needs that were in the church and then came back to the church and envisioned the congregation on ways that they could meet those needs. And so that's how it all got started. And so there were... Um, a wide variety of different nonprofits doing things. Um, over the years, the kind of buckets we put them in have changed. So um, it, that's kind of evolved. Whereas now coming forward today, we have four areas that we really focus our efforts. Um, that's in education. So working in the local schools, doing tutoring and mentoring, um, working alongside kids in our community, um, in their schools and in their local communities and their wherever they live in after-school programs. Um, and then poverty, so working primarily with homeless, working with nonprofits like Rainbow Village and Salvation Army to meet um, both the immediate crisis needs, but helping them move along that continuum to self-sufficiency, so finding housing and jobs and uh, you know affordable, affordable living as well as um, uh, a livable wage. So kind of moving them in that area. And then in the area of family, it's primarily focused on foster care and adoption for us. Um, but as we look at the continuums in all of these areas, for example, when we when we talk about foster care and adoption, we're really talking about um, from how we value life. So from the very first decision, when we're talking about a nonprofit called Human Coalition, how we reach the abortion-minded woman and help her make informed decisions about what life is and and her decision-making. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Is that three or was that four? That was three. That was three. That was three. I'm just going to make sure I'm kidding. Because Bob's going to be, I'm going to quiz Bob on this this second. I'm going to make sure that he is, he's trying to remember his mind. Are you listening, Bob? Bob's listening. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's after lunch, but he's listening. Okay, so sorry, yeah. the fourth one then. And so the fourth one is justice. And so that's mm-hmm. primarily working with refugees, but also working in the area of child sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. 
So those are our four buckets that we've kind of aligned all our nonprofits in. And we're a little bit further out than the 12-mile radius that we started only because a lot of these nonprofits cover larger areas. And as we've kind of self-discovered here at Perimeter, our people are not just within a 12-mile radius, but as they're out in their communities, they're coming across needs and they need resources out where they live. So we've kind of expanded that network. So did they, as far as the four areas, did y'all come up with that with just, uh, because I think about it, I go, gosh, there's got to be so many areas, mm-hmm. so many areas of focus. Mm-hmm. So y'all narrowed it down and said, mm-hmm. we're going to focus in on these four areas. And our primary purpose is to partner with nonprofits? Correct. Okay. Yes. So we don't, we don't start our own nonprofits unless there's a gap and we might look out into the community and realize that there's a gap mm-hmm. and then maybe work with leaders in the community to figure out what resources we need, both financially and people resources, to bridge that gap. Um, For example, the uh, Salvation Army, we, uh, Perimeter Church, along with other over 180 churches now in the Unite Network, it's Mm -hmm. churches partnering together for prayer and service in the community. Um, We realized in Gwinnett County there was no immediate housing for homeless. Um, That was a gap. And the Salvation Army said, well, we we are able to do that. We do that down in the city, but we would need resources and volunteers. And so if you all are able to work with us on that, we can we can do the program. We have the leadership and the materials to do the program, but we would need you to come alongside us and provide the volunteer base and the money. And so the Unite Churches got together and we pooled our money together and we helped the Salvation Army start the Home Sweet Home Gwinnett program. Mm -hmm. So it's the first crisis housing program in Gwinnett County. So that was started. And the same thing with Street Grace, which is the ministry focused on child sex trafficking. We knew that there was this issue in the city, but the church really didn't have a place at the table. It was mostly law enforcement and it was the judicial system and um, city leaders. But the church kind of was off to the side and um, uh, not a really present help. And so the churches, the Unite Churches, again, said, in light of this issue that that is destroying our children who are made in the image of God, we have to do something. So what is it that the church can do? So again, the Unite Churches got together. We pooled our resources. We thought about what our place would be. Our primary pillar on that is certainly prayer. But also we have all these volunteers who sit in areas of leadership that Mm. are judges, they're juvenile judges, they're criminal judges, we have lawyers, we have law enforcement. Mm. And so together we help birth street grace. So providing the finances, um, but also the people resources to do that. So there are times when we, but that's, we don't have a clothing closet here at Perimeter Church. We don't have a food bank. We partner with those in the community who are doing that work the best Mm -hmm. because that's their primary focus. And obviously the church has its own primary focus to fulfill so go back to the salvation army thing Mm -hmm. so there wasn't a place for homeless and now there is yes it's it's like an actual building uh they do a scattered model so what the home sweet home gwinnett model is is they bring folks in and they do the intake but in order to restore dignity for the adults but also the children that are in those families they put them directly into apartments so they gwinnett Mm -hmm. county doesn't allow shelters in this county Mm -hmm. like fulton does Mm -hmm. 
And so what they do is they put them in apartments, but think about a child who has to get on a bus from a shelter versus a child who gets to mm-hmm. get on a bus from Restoring an apartment. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a mm-hmm. and once they complete the program, they can stay in that apartment. They don't have to pick up and move out and and then the kids change school districts and then the family can't get to the job that they got mm-hmm. to help them, you know. So they get to just stay there and then they rent out another apartment. And so the process continues. So the churches have funded those apartments then, in part? Uh, we helped say, We helped fund the program, so the mm-hmm. caseworkers that help them do job interviews and get the soft mm-hmm. skills that they need and then help the kids get enrolled in school and so and then unpack that bad debt maybe that they had, right. which was the reason right. they couldn't apply for an apartment. Mm-hmm. Just kind of unpacking all, all that stuff, stuff with them and helping wow. them work that through. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Wow. That's amazing. So, in, and you've been doing this for, you said, what, 13 uh, me personally? Yeah. Oh, I started um, in community outreach 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so what what have you, I mean, this is a general question, just broad mm-hmm. stroke. Over that past 10 years, what just some few learnings that you've had as you've, <laughs> as you've come through this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is more complex than it seems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just sharing Randy before we went live. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently reading a book called Our Kids by Robert Putnam. And as I listen to podcasts, other podcasts, and as I read these books, I realize there's so much that has happened in society to lead up to this point. One of the concepts that he approaches in this book is the fact that back in the 1950s, everyone did life together. Right. Whether you were the owner of the bank or the you know, owner mm-hmm. of the tannery mm-hmm. or you were the farmer down the street, mm-hmm. you all kind of lived in the same community. You right. shopped at the same market. You went to church together. Your kids, all, no matter whether you were rich, poor, it all happened in community. So the knowledge just for, by being together about everyday things was passed along because everybody just lived very close. But if you zoom forward to today, you can move into a gated community, send your children to private schools, mm-hmm. and you no longer have to interact with anyone who you seem to think that's not like you. Mm-hmm. So you can insulate yourself, but all that common knowledge and sharing has created this huge gap in our society. Mm-hmm. And But just thinking about that, I, I, as I think about our communities and how we're serving the people in need, it's not that they're any less than... It's just that there's no knowledge being transferred because of mm-hmm. where we, we've dist- physically distanced ourselves and moved ourselves away from one another mm-hmm. so that we don't, we don't listen to one another and go, oh, you have that need, Bob? Well, I can help meet that need. I know a buddy over here mm-hmm. who can, right. he owns that shop over there. I'll just ask him to come on over to your house yeah. and do that. But you don't hear the needs. You don't, you're not in the lives. You're not sharing mm-hmm. life together anymore. So it's all just become very... But that, on top of countless other books, I've just realized everything's a lot more complicated. Yeah. So when we're out in the community, we just need to be very careful of the assumptions we make when we go out, when we're mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. Um, of the things that we assume to be true that are just not... The easy um, answer type thing. There's, there's yes. not like an easy. Sometimes we think it's a quick answer. We yes. give them ten bucks and it's, we're good to go. Yes. We, we we do X and we're it's finished as opposed to the yes. systemic issues going mm-hmm. on. Were you going to say something? You're telling get it kind of. Yeah, I'm just. I'm thinking it's it's more than just like community outreach is more than just like you said a food bank. It's more <laughs> than just the the. I guess when my 
shallow thinking, it's just like a broad stroke type thing where, you, like you just said, it's so much mm-hmm. more complex mm-hmm. than what it is. And it made me think of two things of the gap being like some people started on a track race and some people started a lot sooner mm-hmm. than another handful mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And they're fine running their mm-hmm. pace and everything's mm-hmm. all good. And then whenever the others mm-hmm. aren't able to run at that pace because mm-hmm. they didn't have the same training, whatever, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. They're like, why aren't you catching up? Well, it's like you started right. 50 years before I did. That's right. And it's, and, it's mm-hmm. and then it paints a picture of the church of why there's joy and flourishing because there is that community. There yes. is that, oh, I know someone who can do that for you. And yes. there's this joy that comes out of that. And then thinking missionally, it's like, oh, I want other people to experience mm-hmm. that. Yes. So it's kind of... Uh, I'm putting pieces together in my head as you're talking, and I'm really enjoying it. It's all relational, Mm -hmm. because if we think about even homelessness, if you think about what has to happen in order for someone to become truly homeless, every relational tie must be cut. Mm -hmm. So it's not a money thing, necessarily, Mm -hmm. but you obviously have severed some relationships with family. Uh, your friend network isn't there because I know if Bob became homeless, Randy said he'd have Bob move in right away. Right, well, Debbie, anyway, <laughs> I take Debbie up about Bob. Bob's a whole other topic. But, so, yeah, but, you're, but so, you're right. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's a great point. That, that, and some of they, they may have severed their relationships themselves by things they've done or, 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 or the other way around. Yes. But you're right. It's, it's There's a, a story there that there, you yeah. talk about. There's not yeah. a. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thinking about this, so. Uh, that it's more complicated. How has it? How has that impacted y- y- your ministry and what you all do? And mm-hmm. is this? Does this become more education? I mean, we're mm-hmm. this is education right here. Yes. Uh, how how has it impacted what yes. you do? Uh, we've had to change our paradigm, um, and we've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, but really trying to help people be more relational in their serving. Mm -hmm. It's so much, I mean, the world would tell you everybody just needs stuff. So if you give them stuff and money, they're awesome. Like, everybody's Mm going to be great. Mm -hmm. So if we can just throw as much stuff and money at people Mm -hmm. as we can, then we will solve poverty, you know, you know Mm -hmm. all the the problems in, in the communities. And that's just not true. Um, for every single bucket that I mentioned previously, the root causes go back to some just really basic things. Um, one of the biggest issues in our community is fatherlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, just by absence, absent fathers or, mm-hmm. or fathers mm-hmm. that literally are just, you know, not yes. around or mm-hmm. not fathering. Um, mm-hmm. But... So we have changed the way. So we used to be very, hey, let's do a food drive and a clothing drive. And, and all our opportunities were really, like, real. we used to do that big serve weekend, Compassion in Action, where everybody mm-hmm. got a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Everybody went out on one weekend. We felt awesome. We did good stuff. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, my nonprofits were like, you cannot bring 3,000 people to our nonprofits on one weekend mm-hmm. that you choose the date. And you all come out and expect to have a meaningful experience. <laughs> and I did quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't right. do that. <laughs> but instead, we took it away, not to be cruel, but to say, you know what? Not just that one weekend. 
You took away my opportunity to serve. Really? I gave you 365 opportunities to serve. Yeah, but it doesn't fit within my schedule. <laughs> right. You know, I've got where's tennis t- on Tuesday. <laughs> i got my Bible study on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> and where's my T-shirt? Exactly. Hey, where's my T-shirt? <laughs> I need to have proof that I was there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we've learned, and then we piloted something in Norcross uh, just to see on a smaller scale what it would look like if we really poured everything into one community. And again, it's not the perfect model because there's still some things when we look from the outside that we would change. Um, But that's highly relational. Like I said, community outreach is complex in that we do a lot of different things. As you can hear, we do Unite, which is partnering with other churches. So in Norcross, we partner with the churches that are there to do ministry Mm -hmm. together. Um, We also have a grant-making arm here at Perimeter called Kingdom Investments. So we poured uh, dollars into Norcross to the nonprofits to enhance and expand the programs they already had to see if at capacity they could achieve the goals that we were trying to accomplish in Norcross and then worked with city leaders and all that to see what that and it and it did a lot of really great things a lot of things we could never have planned for so as good was being done more good wanted to move into norcross so other mm-hmm. nonprofits started mm-hmm. coming in other people wanted to get involved mm-hmm. and it's great um and a learning that we had is we needed to wake up the perimeter people who actually live in Norcross to do the ministry. Mm. Like, where are you? Okay, the nonprofits are doing it. The churches are doing it. The city leads are doing it. Where are all the pe- citizens of Norcross? Mm. Like, we need them to come alongside and now move in and love where they live. Like, lo- you live there, and God placed you there for a reason. So now you do that. This is the land that God's given you to do because perimeter church is in Johns Creek. Mm-hmm. Not in Norcross. Mm-hmm. So we have a voice, but it's not as influential as if it were coming from the local community. Mm-hmm. So there's things like that we've learned. Um, and again, just some some very complex things that are happening in our communities as well with ordinances that are being passed and things like that, that, you know, we're uh, a lot of the cities around here are trying to make these beautiful town centers where they're like hubs for activity and mm-hmm. high-end retail and restaurants and places for people to get together and have fun and have community, but at a price because a lot of the cities are removing their only affordable housing. So again, we're separating the people. Um, they are... Mm-hmm taking properties or passing ordinances that push people uh, who are homeless out. Where do they go? um, They're just being moved out. So what's happening is city by city, in in one particular case, it's an ordinance for extended stay hotels. And like I said, in Gwinnett County, we don't have a shelter, so our homeless live in extended stay hotels. But by passing this particular ordinance, it restricts them from living there. So now, what do we do? Well, mm. what we found out is every city is passing it. So where are they going? Right. It's interesting you say that. Three, three things come to my mind right now as you're talking. One, I remember the day I was sitting in a meeting with you, and I called you a missionary. And I still think that's true. I, I think what Deborah's been, she, she's gone to Norcross and other areas as a missionary, just as if you had gone to India. We're here to bring the gospel and the local people need to rise up to that end. Uh, the second thing I want to say, and, and, and hopefully I won't be charged with heresy here yet again by Bob, 
Um, there, there's a bit of a prophetess role here, isn't there? Your role is a bit prophetess. And by, by that I mean you're proclaiming to people in Norcross or wherever, here's what the Word of God says. Are you, are you going to do it? Are you going to do the Word of God? Not in a harsh way, mm-hmm. not in a mean way, not, just in a, mm-hmm. in, here's what the Word of God says mm-hmm. about the poor. Mm-hmm. And that's what prophets do. So I don't mean that in the far theological, we're PCA, and, you know, I, I take my ordination vows again, blah, blah, blah. Take it easy. I know, yeah. take it easy. Take it easy here. Take it easy. So that, the, the third thing that comes to my mind is, um, I know, I've spent a lot of time in London, and in London, what the city boroughs do there, they're like a parish here, when people want to build housing, there's ordinances there, and the ordinance says this. I was working with a ministry there, and they were building a new apartment kind of complex. I don't know if it was 20, 30, 40 units, whatever it might be. But the ordinance said so many of these have to be for the poor. So yes. many of these have to be for the poor. You're you going to build here? You can build the yes. 400,000-pound or dollar or whatever yes. units. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But so many of these will be for the yes. poor. We're but that's going to hurt property values. Right. So the well, there you farm. go. There you right. go. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But even so in that, can, it exposes... The heart exposes what they're really going after. It's yes. not so much right. people. It's mm-hmm. like no, I want. It's profits. I want to make them right. as much money as possible. Yeah. So yes. y'all dancing around that topic a bit, or is that a hard topic to to bring bring out there with people who are zoning and or city no? We actually went or? to the Norcross City Council meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been there twice, and when we spoke with them. Um, it wasn't, we all agree that we don't want people living in extended stay hotels. That's not the solution. Mm, I mean, we don't believe that brings dignity to anybody, but what can we do together as a community? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the wonderful thing is, is we do have perimeter people who live in Norcross who can do things, who can stand at that city council because it's not me. Right who say, I'm a constituent, Mm -hmm. a citizen of Norcross. I live at this address in Norcross, and here's what we can do. So we proposed a continuum of care. So there's a way that we can all work together, pull down federal dollars, work with all Mm -hmm. the nonprofits that are indigenous to this area, and figure out a solution together where the, the biggest reason in Norcross in particular that they didn't want the extended stays as is anymore is they're dangerous. They're, the police were being call, called mm-hmm. out all the time. But just think mm-hmm. about children living there. That was mm-hmm. our, like, mm-hmm. nobody wants mm-hmm. that. So if right. that's truly, mm-hmm. so let's put the onus, the accountability on the extended state hotel owner. Mm-hmm. You need to install lights. You need to have a security fence. Mm-hmm. You need to cut down the bushes. You need to offer mm-hmm. one free place for a police officer to live. Mm-hmm. Let's put some teeth into that instead of you can't live there for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Well, Mm-hmm. It may be a single mom with her kids living there. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. not the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So just working together again, not throwing stones. But And I feel like that's what people need to be thinking of is we're not against things. We are working towards solutions that are kingdom focused, mm-hmm. bringing dignity and humanity to all of the people in our community. So what? Can, how can we use the voice that God's given us, the talent and the knowledge that we all have and put that together and like, I don't know, I don't know how to read an ordinance. So I got a lady who did. 
And I brought her with me. I said, read that to me because mm-hmm. I do not understand it. Mm-hmm. How do we rewrite that? I don't even know how to rewrite that. Mm-hmm. Here's what I do know. I do know that there's Norcross Cooperative Ministry. I know that there's Good Samaritan Health Center. Mm-hmm. I know that Rainbow Village has housing right down the street. I know that, you know, there's the Salvation Army of Gwinnett that covers the whole county. I was like, so I know that and you know how to write that and re- read that and do that. You do that. And you're an excellent speaker and you've spoken at the city council meeting. So they respect you. You live here you're the citizen let's do that together and that's what we've been doing um but that's where i feel like if we could awaken the church it's not just to awaken to be Mm -hmm. nagging about stuff and you know negative Mm -hmm. about stuff Mm -hmm. but how can we together bring kingdom values Mm -hmm. and and laws to our cities how can we interact with one another and love each other um i was yeah I was telling someone the other day, I was uh, your your words about being busy can keep resonating in my head. I'm like, I don't want to add on to anything people are doing. It's really God has already placed you somewhere. So put on your kingdom glasses and look mm-hmm. around. You don't have to meet new people who's around you. Mm-hmm. Like I know that you go to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, he put those people around you for a reason. There's a reason someone said, hey, can I jump on the treadmill after you? Mm-hmm. Not just for you to wipe yeah. it down and go, hey, buddy, give me yeah. half up. Sure. Yeah. So, are you finding as your Norcross? I know is kind of a center or mm-hmm. beginning or whatever, but Swanee, Alpharetta, mm-hmm. how are y'all? Is it hard harder there to get things going? Do you feel like you're you're, you're raising up some champions in those mm-hmm. other areas? We're, 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 what's the evolutionary stage right sure. now, community outreach for perimeter? Sure. Well, um, we are trying. Hey, can to, I ask? Yeah. Can I piggyback with what you're what you're asking there? Is that part of your job to identify? members who live in those areas? Um, it's, not our, it's not our job right now. We're actually trying to unpack that right now. So what we have been doing is... I'm sorry, I don't want to... I, I still yeah. want to answer his question. Sure. So I don't think I, it's... I want to make I, it yeah. job, by the way. Well, <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think it's going to be hard okay. because mm-hmm. I believe that there are people who truly love their cities already. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to have to beg someone to love their city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's people out there serving with nonprofits already. So what we've been doing is building relationships, networking our way out to the nonprofits out that way mm-hmm. so we can kind of get a lay of the land. Um, and so as part of my job, what I've tried to do is network my way with people to different parts of the city to learn what's going on, what, you know, who's who, who are the well-respected nonprofits and leaders in the community so that when we mobilize our people in those areas, they're equally yoked. I'm not yoking with them with someone who has completely different beliefs and wants them mm-hmm. to promote some agenda, but truly someone kingdom-minded who's mm-hmm. like, yeah, let, I need some help. Come and I'll read the ordinance, you know? So you are working in these four areas, mm-hmm. but there are multiple uh, partners in each one of those areas? Yeah. Okay. So each one of them is a continuum. So if you think about, uh, for example, homeless or poverty. So we have our our nonprofits working on the front end who just give food and clothes and Mm -hmm. things like that. But a part of that is like, so for example, Norcross Cooperative Ministry, although they do the crisis relief, they have a transforming lives program, which is you sign up and you work with us and we'll unpack all your bad debt, you know, you got in a bad car loan, they repossessed, you know, unpacking all of that and moving them along. Rainbow Village, you know, you come in and you don't have a home, but by the end, you've you've gotten a job that has a livable wage and you're moving out into mm-hmm. self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, 
city of refuge gives you training. Mm -hmm. So you're going to apprentice and learn a job, a trade, so that when you get out, you can have a livable Mm -hmm. wage. So even like I said, with, with our family, you know, it's moving people along the continuum. We go out from like the conception from life all the way out to those children who age out of foster care. Mm-hmm. Connections Homes will will connect adults who've aged out of foster care with loving adults to help them. How do I buy a car? How do I choose a mate? Mm-hmm. How do I choose a church? Mm-hmm. So partnering them with a, a couple that will help them walk through life together. So each one has this continuum that moves them all the way through. In education, it's cradle to career. So as they're born, you know, you know, one of the things that totally rattled my brain that every single listener can do <laughs> is I listened to this presentation from this woman who does statistics for the Gwinnett County, and she was saying that third grade reading rates are at an all-time low. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. We have been doing all this work in the community for all these years. It's got to be higher. Mm-hmm. She said, well, we've we've systematically traced it back, and we're trying to figure out the correlation and da-da-da-da, but what what seems to be happening is she put these pictures up of neurons. So when a child is spoken to as an infant, neurons in the brain connect. And as infants, it happens really rapidly. So as positive words are spoken to a child, neurons connect in huge ways. If negative words are spoken, they break. So what happened is 2007, 2008 where families lost jobs, Mm. they lost their homes, they lost their income, mothers had to go back to work. Mm. So if you look back to 2007, 2008, these were high-stress homes, Mm. negative Mm. words or no words were spoken, brain neurons were not connecting or being broken. But what this educator said is if each one of us would just bend down to look at a child and say, I love your smile. Mm-hmm. You have just connected a neuron. Mm-hmm. You've just connected a neuron. How hard is that for each one of us in a grocery store, at the gas station, or whatever, just to say, I mean, their parents might be a little creeped out, <laughs> but you stop and you say, I love your blue shirt. It looks so good on you. Mm-hmm. And that child just lights up mm-hmm. and that neuron's connected. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. that hard. Yeah. yeah. Just looking for the opportunities. It's seeing that seeing out there as we're people. going through our lives and, and going forward. Yeah. Good. Wow. Good. Yeah. I, uh, how could we pray for you? Hmm. <laughs> you know, just that in all of it, just relying on God, because it is so hard to know all that stuff and see all that stuff. And like I said, we worked for so long to raise third grade reading rates. Yeah. And that lady just destroyed our whole paradigm in one mm-hmm. two minute session. Wow. So uh, pray against discouragement or the evil one lying and saying, it's all for naught. I've totally got this. I've got those kids. You know, because we know that those third grade reading rates, they build prisons based on those third grade reading rates. Children are lured into sex trafficking because they don't have that Mm self-confidence. Because in school, they feel like they're just failures. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't read and then their teacher calls on them to read aloud then they're embarrassed. Mm. So not everything, but a lot of things stem back. So against discouragement mm. and the lies that were what, ineffective. Uh, what keeps you going? <laughs> um, mm. Just the stories of the one. Okay. We go after the one. Oh. We go after the one. I love that. That's awesome. 
I'm inspired. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. I really am. It just it just causes me to think a bit about the whole thing holistically. And Deborah and I have talked about this whole idea of people living somewhere and it matters. And I do believe perimeter church specifically we're moving in that direction. I don't like like Randy talked about the wheels not f- flying around right now, but it's moving slowly. Yeah. Or I think in the years to come, people are going to catch that. I live somewhere that matters. There are other people here made in the image of God. I'm called to be an ambassador, to be a reconciler, to be a peacemaker, to be a healer in this community. And uh, I think you're you're a large part of what what God's going to do through that. So thanks so much for who you are, Amen. for what you yeah. do. So uh, as always, our time runs a lot quicker than we think it does on this podcast. But we'd love to have you come back again mm-hmm. and share more, and maybe talk next time about things coming up in the future, or things you got going on for 2017, yeah. 2018. We'd love to hear more next go around. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Thanks Sounds for having good. me. Well, you're so welcome. Well, thanks for listening this time to One for the Road. We hope that you will subscribe. And tell your friends to subscribe. Uh, Bob gets some type of bonus or plan or something when people subscribe to it. I don't know how it works. Money is retirement. Money is retirement. So if you want to help Bob Carter, you'll tell your friends to subscribe to our on One for the Road. And we will hopefully uh, have you listen to us next time on One for the Road. Thanks.